Welcome to Modern Aikido's podcast. This is the conclusion of the interview with Lenny Sly Sensei on Steven Seagal and Tenshin Aikido. My sincere thanks to listeners and those who have liked, subscribed, and commented. Your interest is noticed and deeply appreciated. So it's like when you look at that, it's like he doesn't have anybody to take uh, Ukemi the way Matsuoka Sensei could take Ukemi. Matsuoka Sensei is the one who made Steven Seagal famous as far as I'm concerned. Okay, yeah. If it wasn't his ability in Ukemi-wise, Steven Seagal would have been able to pull off those techniques as well as he did. Mm. And he purposely brought Matsuoka here to the United States for that reason alone, to use him in fight scenes in his movies. Mm. That is, that's been in print. I've read that in mm. articles. Okay. You know, so he purposely brought Matsuoka Sensei here to make movies with him. Then he did a fantastic job. It's, you know, it was explosive. It's a movie. Mm-hmm. You know, it's supposed to be entertaining. It's, you know, extremely well done fight scenes, you know. But the Aikido that he was showing, obviously, was the Aikido that he taught his students. And it's a lot different from the, from the mainstream stuff that, it, that was taught back then and is still taught today. And, yeah, and you've got to admit that those big throws with the huge falls, uh, it's very dramatic. I mean, it, it looks great on a oh, screen. Yeah. Uh, very mm-hmm. you know, powerful looking, compelling, dramatic. Uh, it looks great. Looks fantastic. Oh, it's, but that's you know, even this, even out, you know, outside of the silver screen. I mean, it's the same stuff that he taught in his dojo. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it just is what it is. I mean, why do people? You know, why do I do people dislike Stephen Seagal? I think a lot of reasons why people dislike Stephen Seagal is because of social media and mm-hmm. you know, with our you know technology with Facebook and you know YouTube and stuff like that. You know, people make videos on Stephen Seagal of the dirt that follows Stephen Seagal. And people watch this stuff, and then they form an opinion about him. And, mm-hmm. you know, people think that, and this is, I'm not saying this, but I know this is what I've read other people say. They think Steven Seagal is a piece of shit. They think he's a scumbag. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the the allegations that have been made against him in the past couple years, which has been going Hollywood worldwide. You know, Kevin Spacey got nabbed with stuff. A couple of right. big Hollywood actors got nailed. Mm-hmm. Steven Seagal was on that list. Mm-hmm. And... You know, and there's actresses out there that can back up the stories that, you know, things that actually happen to them that, you know, Steven Seagal was involved in. And, sure. you know, whatever he does in his personal life, so he does in his personal life. But, man, you got to be a lot smarter than that because you got the spotlight on you. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not going to catch somebody that's not famous doing shit like that. Yeah. You know, people that are famous usually buy themselves out of trouble all day long. And I'm not saying that Steven Seagal did that. I'm just saying that that is a common practice. It, it is, and I think the Hollywood culture for for many decades was kind of uh, immersed in the hedonism and the the wealth and the the abundance of you know stars could get whatever they wanted, and if you were wealthy uh-huh. and powerful, you could you know you wouldn't be getting speeding tickets. You could buy your way out of you know whatever little pro- everything was a little problem to you. When you're making millions or tens of millions or hundreds of millions of dollars, every little thing that happens to a normal person is not even really doesn't even bother types of people like that. And so no, you know, that sort of stuff is, is now exploding, you know, where as people are getting kind of outraged when they find out just how much indulgence that the yeah. wealthy and powerful people tend to have. And that sets good people off. I think that to circle it around back to Edan's question of, I think that may be one of those things that, you know, people could say, I don't really care for this. You know, I don't care for somebody who portrays themselves in this way. Even within the movies, a lot of times his the characters that he plays come across as very arrogant and brash and and 
you know, that sort of thing. I can see a lot of Aikido people tend to be more of the, the peaceful type of, uh, you know, introvert personalities where they would go, wow, yeah, he's doing Aikido, but personality wise, that, that character is kind of a monster. Um, well, I, yeah, I can well, see that being an impression too. Sure. Yeah. And you know what? And this is gonna, This is probably going to come out very inappropriately, but you know what? Those people can just shut the fuck up because you want to know what that is. It's called jealousy. <laughs> okay. If, if sure. you get hired to do a movie, they, you don't own the fucking movie. That's true. And you are not that character. To, yeah, you got hired to act as that character. The producer, the screenwriter, they're the ones that have a say on how that actor is. And the actor, it's portrayed the way how the writer wants it. So if it's a tough mm-hmm. guy, smart ass, whatever you want to call it, right. that's, that's the part that he's playing. You, mm-hmm. you, can't have, you cannot have Jack Nicholson play some loving, peaceful guy in the movie The Fucking Shining. True. He's a psycho in The Shining because that's what the role called for. Exactly. So people are going to use that against Steven Seagal saying, I don't like the way how you were portraying this actor. And who the fuck are you? That's his yeah. job. And, and who would think Anthony Hopkins for? is actually like a, a, a serial a cannibal? You know, even though he played, a, played that role in a movie and he was horrifying, but as a man, the actor is not who the, the role was. So Exactly. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's, it's fiction, <laughs> you know. It's 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 fiction. That's what it is. It's it's a movie, and and it just pisses me off when people sit there and they, you know, they pass the judgment on them, or they or they mm-hmm. you know, they come up with their own um, uh, thoughts about him or whatever the case may be. You know, it, it's it's what he's done in his personal life that really is going to um, define the type of person he is. And and yeah, he, he doesn't have. He doesn't have a stellar track record, right? Okay, but right. before all of that came out, and mm-hmm. people are, are talking shit about his roles, when are people going to wake up? Are you people really fucking stupid? Mm-hmm. It's a movie role. Right. This is what he was paid to do. It's a movie role. If you were getting paid $5 million for a fucking movie, you would act exactly the way that they asked you to act, or they told you how mm-hmm. to act. True. You're talking $5 million here. Oh, uh, yeah, if you want me to be, you know... Uh, whatever you want me to be, some idiot doing. You know, I will. I will play the part because that's what I'm getting paid for. Sure, I'm getting played. Well, I'm getting paid to be. The, look at Tom Hanks in, in uh, what's it called? Um, the hell's that movie called? Which one? He's done so many. One of the most famous ones. Um, the Body well, of the For, Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump. Yeah. Okay, you think he got you? You think he played a retard just to be a retard? No, he he got paid to play that part the way that he did. Right. Mm-hmm. Does everybody think that he's a retard? No, well, of course not. Of course not, because he's an actor. It's a craft. It's you know, it, it's a funny thing about about oh, human behavior in that what we see on the screen tends to be so compelling. I remember reading back in the '70s when the Dirty Harry movie uh, and movies came out smith and wesson started selling so many 44 magnums to police officers 44 magnum revolvers were flying off the shelves like their sales Mm -hmm. absolutely surged because people were drawn to the character and of course who doesn't think clint eastwood is just not the ultimate badass you know that so you know what other gun company sword who's that beretta oh yeah yeah beretta sword because when lethal weapon came out and that was mel gibson's gun and lethal weapon 
Mm-hmm. Everybody went out and bought Berettas. You know how I know this? Because my dad went out and bought a Beretta 92F. Oh, sure. It was, it was in the movie. Mm-hmm. Everybody started buying yeah. Berettas because that was the new thing. Mm-hmm. But it's, so what? Yeah, exactly. You know? But it, the impact is huge. And I think that kind of brings us back to, you know, the original question. Like, he, he this, the the commenter, Edan, noted, said that, Seagal was a big motivation to for his interest in Aikido. You said it was yours, and I'm sure it's probably got to be 80% of the Aikido practitioners were at least found what they saw Seagal doing appealing to some degree and helped get their interest in Aikido. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I agree with that 100%. You know, maybe today a lot of people are going to say, yeah, when I first started Aikido it was because of Steven Seagal, but then I really... I saw the real Aikido because I went to this dojo and then I saw mm-hmm. how this could be used. And yeah, then I started shying away from what really uh, turned me on about Aikido because I didn't like the way I was always doing it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, good for you. Right. Well, then you're in good the activity, you. then you learn and then you figure out where your Aikido is going and where, mm-hmm. you know, what differences there are. So yeah, I think this has been a great conversation, Lenny. I really appreciate it. I, I hope, uh, Edan gets out of this uh, some interesting things, and the listeners do too. I think there's plenty of stuff here, and I know you and I can probably talk for hours because we've done it. Oh yeah, <laughs> we always have a yeah, good time chatting. I mean, and just I mean, just so people know, I'm not a Steven Seagal hater. Steven Seagal is not my idol. Mm-hmm. You know, people have made comments like that to me before. I don't idolize Steven Seagal. I idolize his Aikido. There's a huge difference there. Mm-hmm. Huge difference. You know, this is what I was seeking out from day one, 30 years ago. And yeah, it took me a while because I mean, you got to figure when I started Aikido, I was 18 years old. Mm-hmm. I didn't have the resources to move to California and train at his dojo. I didn't, you know, how many 18 year olds have that? You know, mm-hmm. plus there was no internet back then. You know, it's, it took me, you know, a long time to be able to get in contact with somebody like Larry Reynosa. And I actually mm-hmm. got Larry Reynosa's phone number out of a book. Mm. It was actually listed in a book that, that he was in. And, and I was able to contact him that way. And then just, just so happens a month and a half later, he's in Germantown, Wisconsin, teaching a seminar. And I went up there and I did the seminar. And you know what? That was a life-changing experience because I got my ass handed to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I thought I was good at Aikido. And then I, I get on the mat with him. And yeah, he, he beat me every which way from Sunday. And, and it's like, and I handled it because this is what I, you know, I went to extreme measures to be able to learn this. And this is what I wanted. And I'm finally learning it from somebody that was a direct student of Steven Seagal's for a very, very long time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, would I, if I would have to pick an instructor to directly train under today in the style of Aikido that Steven Seagal does, I mean, I more than likely it's, it's going to be George Angulo because that's who I've been with probably the longest. Mm-hmm. Um, even though George Angulo Sensei is not an active Aikido Sensei, I mean, he's still an Aikido Sensei, but he doesn't run a dojo anymore. Because mm-hmm. he has a personal training business, you know, he's he's talked to me about coming out to Chicago and doing a seminar, and you know, we've entertained the idea. We just haven't been able to nail down a date yet and actually do it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm very grateful for what I've learned from from all three guys, and I've learned from you know Elliot Freeman, and I've learned from a guy named Luis Santos. Um, nothing like what I've learned from you know George Angulo Sensei, Larry Ronaldo, or Matsuoka. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, I have a great deal of amount of respect for all three of those guys. I mean, I have a mm-hmm. tremendous amount of respect. I mean, even Larry Reynosa. I mean, I have, I have a huge, huge amount of respect for him, and I'll be forever grateful for the things that, that he shared with me and and, uh, and and has taught me over the years that I was with him. And, 
you know, it's it's been a great experience, you know, but the, the big thing is people get the wrong idea about me when it comes to Steven Skull. I don't idolize the man. I idolize his style of Aikido because this is what I wanted. And, mm-hmm. you know, if I could, if I could have one Aikido wish, I'm not going to say one wish because I want a billion dollars. Um, but <laughs> if I could have, if I could have one Aikido wish, I would love for Steven Seagal to, um, get his act together. Mm. Seriously, get his act together. It's like, you know, you can Google how much his net worth is. His net worth is $16 million. That could easily, easily buy you as many personal training sessions with the top Hollywood personal trainer out there and have shut off about 60 to 70 pounds mm. and get back into shape and, and, and make a name for himself again, reinvent himself. Okay. Like George Foreman did it with becoming a heavyweight champion again. Yeah, he did. You know, I would I would love to see Seagal Sensei get back into teaching seminars here in the United States, not just abroad, mm-hmm. um, and you know, in Russia or wherever. I'd love to see him do it here in the United States. I'd be front and center. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure there's several other people that'd be front and center. You know, just salivating at the mouth, seeing what he's going to show. Um, it would be, you know, it's. I wouldn't say it's on my bucket list, but I definitely would do it. Mm-hmm. You know, just just to be able to train with him once or twice or whatever at seminars. But it's yeah. not going to be the end of the world if I don't, because right. I've I've moved past what I've learned from that. I mean, I'm, you I'm, know, I, I like that you bring up that point because really the picture that I got of it was that Tenshin, I, Tenshin really described a kind of a moment of t- or a period in time where a group of people training together under one instructor, Seagal, that it really encompasses something that really just doesn't exist anymore, and and it, there are sort of echoes of it in a few instructors that are still active, but that is diminishing as time goes on. And for somebody that would want to get involved or who has seen Tenshin Aikido, yours or um, Matsuoka Sensei's or, or some of these other people that have had involvement or direct lineage to that to say, you know, the time we have now, attach yourself to the people that are active in doing this currently because you can't go back in time. You can't go back to be active in a group that was vibrant, you know, a few decades ago, but now that isn't around anymore. And yeah, that's uh, there's too many, that part. yeah, you, you can't look backwards because that's not where you're going. And, and time always moves forward to the people that are actively, you know, in the field or, or doing the art or the type of art or the expression that you want to get involved with. And so, you know, nice thing that we have the internet now where, people that can hear our discussion and understand where tension came from, what Seagal is doing now, and then even look at, well, what do I want to get involved with right now in time? What type of training do I want to do and who do I want to do it with? And, and so we have the, the blessing of social media and the internet to spread out. So you don't have to go find somebody's name in a book or in a magazine to try to get in contact with them. So, um, yeah, yeah the I good think thing too is the fact of branding tension. I, you know, the way that I did, Mm-hmm. You know, Josh Gold actually, if, if anyone, if you know who Josh Gold is, you know, Josh Gold's a friend of mine. You know, mm-hmm. he is the one that took over Aikido Journal for Stanley Brandon when he passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had conversations with him about this. You know, he told me, you know, he flat out told me, you know, he's a businessman on top of it. You know, he said, this dude, you're the one that, that branded Tension Aikido. He goes, even though I was there in the Seagal heyday, it wasn't called Tension Aikido. He goes, you're pretty much the one that branded it. You're the one that put it out there for people to to be able to identify what Tension Aikido is. And, you know, it's 
it has Steven Seagal's name connected to it, even though I'm the one that branded it. But it's mm-hmm. his methodology of Aikido, you know, mm-hmm. and and it's um, it's just it's interesting because the way how Josh said it, he goes, "You branded this." He goes, "So when anybody's looking for Aikido, you don't see people." And this is not common. You don't see people saying this is an Aikikai Aikido dojo in an advertisement. Mm-hmm. It's just usually it's Aikido, Aikido, Aikido. So you don't know if it's Yoshinkani, Wama, Aikikai style, you know, mm-hmm. Miki, you don't know. But whenever you see Tenshin Aikido, you know exactly what you're getting because it's called Tenshin Aikido. It's not just called Aikido from my standpoint. So mm-hmm. anybody that contacts me or is looking up Tenshin Aikido, Aikido that finds me, they know what they're getting. Mm-hmm. But if you look up Aikido anywhere else, you're not going to know what style that is until you actually contact somebody or actually go watch a class. And then you're going to go, that's not what I want. I want what Lenny Sly is doing, or I want what this guy is doing, or that guy is doing. So branding attention, attention gives the consumer, gives the student, the potential student, it gives them the indication of what style Aikido is and what they're getting themselves into. Because when yeah. I started in Aikido, and I started training in Chicago Aikikai, I had no idea that this was nothing like what I saw with Steven Seagal was doing. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. I thought it was all the same, because I didn't know I didn't know any better. Well, and I think you that's know, I part of Aikido's marketing challenge, is that there's one word, and not only of different Aikido organizations, but different interpretations, you know, where some people like the spiritual meditative practice, you have like key society people that love just doing little body exercises and internal type things. But if it's all one name, people have no idea what they're going to get when they walk through the door and and nothing, there's really nothing worse than having a disappointed customer who thinks they're getting, you know, a steak and you give them a hamburger. Like they'll say, I, this is not what I came here for. And, um, exactly. I think that's a big marketing issue that, that the Aikido community is, is, is suffering from among others, of course, mm-hmm. but, but I think you're right. I think it's, well, yeah, uh, among others, you know, and you know, that's probably a whole other topic for discussion, maybe on another podcast, but that's sure. another thing too, that I, you know, that I, I tend to have problems with is that, you know, I mean, I have online classes that I teach tension Aikido, you know, you mm-hmm. go to, you know, roguewarriortc.com, you can sign up for, you know, tension Aikido online classes. And, you know, there's several hundred videos from basic to, you know, uh, advanced technique, if you will. And so, I mean, I have online classes and I have students all over the world that are signed up for the online class. You know, I'm, I'm available for seminars. If people want to do attention, I see seminar. I have no problem mm-hmm. going out there and teaching. You know, mm-hmm. as a matter of fact, I love, I love sharing my knowledge with people. I really do because seeing somebody's face light up when you teach them a hand deflection, when somebody's trying to punch them in the face and it works, that's priceless. That's like the MasterCard commercial. You know, that's priceless. It's, it's great. I, I call those yeah, the light bulb moments and they're, they're, there's nothing better than, than helping somebody get their light bulb moment when mm-hmm. they think, wow, I can do this. And I, I, this is, this works. I can get it. It's really yeah, cool. And it's, it's fantastic. But on the flip side, what irritates me is that people are selling Aikido as a self-defense. And quite mm-hmm. frankly, I don't think that they can, they can self-defense themselves out of a wet paper bag if they wanted to, because, mm-hmm. you know, and I've, I've mentioned this before, you know, in, in other videos, the, the, the evolution of Aikido died April 26, 1969, when Osensei died. Osensei's mm-hmm. vision, from, straight from Satomi Sensei's mouth, Osensei's vision 
was to see Aikido grow with modern times, and it has not done that. And there's people out there, there's a plethora of Aikido instructors, they're holding on to this, this pacifier of what Osensei has given all of us, and all they're doing is, preserve, is preserving Osensei's teachings, and nobody's taking it outside of the comfort zone and making it more effective and more practical. And then they turn around, they sell this, promote this as a self-defense. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's, it really isn't. And that's heartbreaking because it's, you know, I, I think Aikido is going to start falling into obscurity and it's eventually going to die off and only a handful of people are, going to, are really going to be practicing it because the value of self-defense is not there. Right. It just isn't. And, and I, you know, as much as I hate to say that because I love Aikido and it's, it's been half of my, I've been studying it for more than half of my life. Mm-hmm. It breaks my heart that people cannot see past this. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, you know, and I'm going to use the word brainwashed. I think a lot of people are brainwashed to believe that what they're learning traditionally can translate to what happens in the real world. The guy yeah. out on the street is not going to tag you the same way as the guy in the dojo. It's, that's a training dojo. That's an atmosphere of compliance. Okay, that might be a shocker that you guys are actually hearing that word come out of my mouth. It's compliance training. Okay, it's the principles. It's the it's the principles and the fundamentals that are going to work on the street. Technique is just there to learn, to hone your skills on basic principles and fundamentals. When it comes down to the brutal reality of having to use this, and God, I, God, I, I hope nobody ever has to use this to protect themselves. I hope they're never put in that situation where they have to use it. I just hope they have the skills to be able to use it the right way to defend themselves. Otherwise, they're going to be really disappointed when they figure out that they've been spending 25, 30 years, 15 years on a martial art that will not translate to real-world violence. And if you don't know what real-world violence is, um, look it up on YouTube. Go be a bouncer like how I was for a long time. Um, go, go pick some fights in a bad part of town. See how well you do. I'm not, I'm not promoting violence, but I'm saying, you know, if right. you think this is going to work, you know, there's there's ways of finding out whether it's not going to work. Well, that's the other blessing of the internet is we can go see surveillance video. You can see all kinds of real fights. You don't have to go pick one and find out or go hang out in the seedy part of town to, to witness one firsthand. You can get plenty of footage to see what a real fight looks like. Yeah, you can. But if you're talking from an Aikido's perspective, mm-hmm. you're not going to get that because that is like one right. of the biggest things right now in social media is, well, if Aikido works, prove it. Let's see a video. Yeah, what right. do you think? I walk around with a fucking entourage of people with cameras waiting for me right. to get into a fight at a gas station? But, no, but I think I think even some a student who's been in a dojo for a month can see a big difference between the, the type of opponent he gets in a dojo and the type that would be in a gas station at 2 o'clock in the morning in a holdup. You would think. You would think. You would think. You would think. But it's also sensationalized with the Aikido community because people are brainwashed to believe that this is going to work the same way it works in the dojo. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't. Mm-hmm. And that's why Steven Seagal's Aikido looks impressive because it is not. Even though he teaches it, if you teach it this way in the dojo, you're more likely to be able to use it the way how, how the methodology of tension Aikido is taught. Because it's taught with the mindset of this is how it's going to happen in the real world or this is the possibility of how it can happen in the real world. When you're seeing these big, flowy, very dynamic movements in traditional Aikido, nobody moves like that in the real world. You're never going to make an attacker spin around you with the Yokominuchi Shionage on top, and no one's ever going to hit you with the Yokominuchi. No one's ever going to hit you with a knife hand strike in the head. 
nobody judo chops on the street. They're direct punches to the face. And then if they connect, they're taking you down to the ground or they're going to do a Conor McGregor on you. They're going to ground and pound you to death. And if, if you can't, if you can't handle yourself that way, it's going to, it's going to be a disappointment. And I just wish more Aikido people would wake up from what I call an Aikido coma. Mm. Wake up, you know, wake up and, you know, and you, you really gotta, you really, people, I think people really need to sit down and think about where they're going with their Aikido training. And, it's, well, and, I think and that, if it's not working out for you, then move on. Right. Like and that seems day. to be like a central principle of, of Tenshin Aikido is the practicality and the applicability to a self-defense type of a situation as opposed yeah. to treating it like a moving meditation or a, like a social bonding group or, you know, some of the other, and they're, those are perfectly valid for activities people want to indulge in. But the idea that, that Aikido is a martial art, it is meant for you to be able to defend yourself. It is meant to yeah. deal with high levels of violence. Like that's what it, it was designed for to do. As such. Exactly. Right? Yep. Treat it as such mm-hmm. and train, train it as such, train it with that mindset, that mentality. And I think you'll flourish beyond your, your wildest dreams, but mm-hmm. it all starts with the instructor. Yeah, and if absolutely. the instructor's not willing to do that because the instructor is mm-hmm. might be politically um uh what's the word I'm looking for? Influenced by mm-hmm. doing it the way that he's doing it for the rank of for the for the rate of rank obtaining higher rank, so he has to teach it this way, otherwise he's not gonna get ranked because it's all Aikido there's uh, politics of Aikido are huge. If you're not kissing yeah. the right ring on the right hand, you're not going anywhere. That's that, why I'm independent. That is sad, but true. It's very sad, but true. That's why I'm independent because mm-hmm. I don't care what anyone says. You don't like what I'm doing? Good for you. Mm-hmm. I don't really care. You know. Yeah, I, when 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 you're when you're under somebody like that and you 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 cannot reach your potential, really, you're being stifled, almost like you're being held hostage. And and that's you're a shame. You're sabotaging your own. You're sabotaging your own ability. Mm-hmm. See, I was I was given. You know, I was given the opportunity to, you know, and I don't know if I've ever talked about this, but in 2003, I was kicked out of ASU. Mm. It was two weeks before I was supposed to take my Nidon test under Hiroshi Ikeda Sensei, and uh, Kevin Cho Sensei got an email from somebody. It was an anonymous email, which, I don't, you know, it had just been a, 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 a fake email address or, some, you know, or just a made-up email address. But he got an anonymous email from somebody basically informing him that I was training with Larry Reynolds, Sensei, and George A. Kulo. And it got back to, it, it was brought up to Patty Satomi. Patty Satomi is the one that brought the ASU Aikido Spuzu Yeshiva, which is head up by Sugi Satomi Shiha. And they made the decision to cut me loose and to kick me out of the organization. Why? Because I was training Aikido with somebody else. I was cross-training. But you know, you know how many Aikido people cross-training Sistema? Are those people getting kicked out? No, they're not. And Satomi Sensei hates Sistema, as far as I know. But, you know, I was kicked out of ASU and that was the biggest blessing that I've ever gotten because it gave, then at that point, it gave me the ability to teach and train people the way that I wanted to teach them and train them and focus on more of the practical application. You know, and I was already with Renosa Sente and George Angulo at that time. So at that point, I didn't really care. I was actually ecstatic. Now, it held me back from getting a need on, but I didn't mm-hmm. give a shit about that because I learned very early on training with, you know, Matsuoka, Renault, say, go rank means nothing. Mm-hmm. Shodan, Nidan, Sadat, it means nothing. Because if you can't do this, your rank doesn't mean shit. 
and there is a lot of Aikido Shihan out there that have, you know, six, seven, eight degree black belts, and I will go on record saying this, I can punch every single one of them in the face, and there's not a fucking thing they can do about it. Mm-hmm. And that's a pretty ballsy statement when you say, I mean, it's mm-hmm. very ballsy for me to say that. But being being exposed to real-world violence and being able to fight as a street fighter, most traditional, if not all traditional Aikido people can't fight like that. Right. Because if they could, wouldn't you think they would have made changes to their Aikido to make it more adaptable towards real-world violence? You'd think that they would. If you can fight like that, you think that they would they would say this stuff isn't working, but I know how to street fight. So why don't I start mixing in some of that stuff and start teaching my students that so I could teach them something that has more value than just preserving an art. Sure. And they're and they're not doing it. But you know, for me to make that statement saying that I can punch any shihan out there, that's a pretty ballsy statement. I know a lot of people are going, oh, that's very arrogant of you. Yeah, it's very arrogant of me. But the truth of the matter is, I can do it. And if anybody wants to test me on it, come on by. I'll, I'll, I'll gladly punch you in the face. But I'm not going to punch you with an Aikido punch. I'm going to punch you like an MMA fighter because I can fight like that. Mm-hmm. And you're going to get hit. And when you're trying to catch my hand out of the air, I'm going to show you how quickly Aikido does not work against being punched in the face and you trying to pull off a Kopidaishi unless you set me up with something else. But I'm going to adapt to that extremely fast because that's how I train, you know, and I think more, more Aikido people really just need to wake up and they need, and they need to do something about it. If, if they want to see Aikido survive for another 10 years or 20 years or 30 years, change has to be made. And I, and I think you can agree with me on that because, you know, we've been doing a lot of stuff together. Yeah. Oh yeah. If, if people aren't willing to do that, then how far are they willing to go to make the change? You know, if you're not going to make the change, who's going to make the change? Right. And, yeah, and we're and, we're running a bit long, and we're kind of getting right. a little off topic. But but I I do agree with you in the fact that you know especially with the open communication on the internet now, where people can see reality. They they the idea that you just fall into somebody following some guru that tells you here's what reality is, and you don't see you can't see what the reality of the world is. Well, now with videos with exposure with the martial sports that are going on and the competitions, people are getting more and more of a dose of reality. And I think that that's tearing down a lot of illusionary martial arts. Uh, And it's a good thing. If something can be destroyed by the truth, it should be destroyed by the truth. And embracing falsehoods will only bring pain to to somebody. So, you know, I think it's a necessary thing. thing The scary thing is people see what the reality is. And they brush it off, just like the average person would brush off a DUI. That'll never happen to me. No, that's true. And then when it does, mm-hmm. then they play the victim role and they start, oh, well, yeah, man, whatever. You know what? It's your mm-hmm. own goddamn fault. That's true. It's your own damn Because it's not like I haven't said this a thousand times on, on some type of social media platform. I have very openly discussed this on numerous occasions the reality of, of real world violence. I've openly discussed that. And I've openly discussed the fact that traditional Aikido is, it's not evolved to modern times. You cannot take something that's outdated and make it work in modern times. And you just can't do that. You have to evolve it. So you have to train it differently. You have to come up with different uh, methodologies and how to train it. 
Yep. And I think I think that any martial art, regardless of whether it's Aikido or not, that is not applicable and practical, I think in 10, 10 to 15 years is just going to disappear. Or it's going to turn into a Taibo oh. or a Pilates or a yoga. It's going to be some, something else, but it won't, it really can't make any claim to being a martial art. And I, I think that's where Aikido is headed. But I think we should do that on another podcast. <laughs> So this one's run a bit long. I really appreciate the time. I think this is this is a very interesting topic, and I want to thank you for for coming on the show. I'm glad you uh, described uh, maybe the sites that you have. Maybe wrap it up one more time and and describe the uh, name of your channel and your website, and people can go check it out. Well, my the name of my YouTube channel is Road Warrior TV. Insta, I have an Instagram page that's called Road Warrior TV. Um, social media, you can find me on uh, Road Warrior Training Compound on Facebook. I have a Tension Aikido forum page that you could uh, you can click and, and basically request to be a member. Um, my website is RogueWarriorTC.com. If you're interested in online classes, go to uh, Online Dojo and you can sign up for online classes. I mean, I charge 20 bucks a month, and there's like 300 videos online. You can't there's you're not going to watch all those in a matter of a month, and we add new videos all the time. So it's stuff is always being updated, new content's always being put out there. You know, I have a slew of YouTube videos I'm going to be releasing within the next month or two um, that I have all different all different new footage. You know, I'm going to be redoing probably a lot of the basic uh, videos of the online class platform and bring them more up to date with with current video. You know, same same material, but Brought, brought to you in uh, in a better way, you know, more detailed footage, more explanation. I'm, I'm very thorough when I explain things. Because I want people to learn because you know traditionally there's never any talking on the mat. So how do you, how can you understand how tent kind of works if you don't know how it works? Mm-hmm. And that's no how an art, art's going to survive is through being conveyed to to the next generation of students and mm-hmm. and the exactly. arts the arts that have died out and there have been plenty that have died out and many that are in the process of dying out right now aren't being conveyed well enough there's not enough students that are absorbing it and uh that's no, where the, that's where the future yeah, of the art is going to be i think aikido has a lot of value mm-hmm. um obviously as as you and i both know anybody can do aikido young old you know fat skinny it doesn't matter mm-hmm. anybody can do aikido you just gotta apply yourself and you gotta have patience because it's not you're not going to be an overnight success with Aikido. It takes some time. It takes some training. Mm-hmm. It's almost like you're learning how to walk again. And of course, to hook, hook up with the right practice group in the right dojo with the right instructor yeah, that's, that's doing that's doing what you want right to do. Instructor. Yep. You know, to, to leave, we'll leave the conversation with this with this one quote. And this quote mm-hmm. came from Stephen Skull: "Don't spend ten years practicing Aikido. Spend ten years finding a great teacher." Yeah, that's a great piece of advice. That was quote directly from him. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, thank you so much for having me. I thank really you, Lenny. Appreciate this. Yeah, you too. On a, on an interview like that, but this perfect. Like this. this was fantastic. I really enjoyed it, and I hope yeah, this, listeners out there. This was a lot of fun. Yep, and I do want to put yeah. in one little plug for our our uh, combined effort, which is the Shinjitsu Aikido Alliance. Looks like we're going to be targeting uh, an October 1st launch for the new material for instructional videos for people that want to do Aikido like this because there aren't a lot of Tenshin dojos out there or people uh, studying Aikido that really want their Aikido to be practical and self-defense oriented. So there's going to be a bunch of new and material coming out. Yep. The Shinjitsu Aikido that we're doing, okay, 
Um, it's also geared a lot towards instructors as well. So guys that are listening mm-hmm. to instructors, mm-hmm. the way how we're teaching this stuff, the way how they're presenting it, we're teaching it from a fundamental base so you can learn how to actually teach this to your students. It's not just a video that you're going to watch and mimic. We right. explain this as mm-hmm. well as we have a platform where you can interact with us and we can answer questions. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have a question on a certain technique that you don't understand quite that well because the video didn't convey it that well or you couldn't understand it, um, not saying that you're that you're not intelligent enough to understand it, but maybe there was a couple points that you just weren't sure about. You can mm-hmm. reach out to myself or Francisco or even Tristan, mm-hmm. and we can explain it for you over the telephone or through email or whatever. Most likely over the telephone, because it's a lot easier to convey something to somebody. Yeah. Else, you know, or we can mm-hmm. even make a special video for you mm-hmm. explaining that. Right. You know, so this is really trying to get Aikido instructors up to date with. Uh, modern methodologies and taking Aikido to the next level. And we're hoping that a lot of, a lot of the instructors out there are going to find value in this and, and be able to take that and explore it and, mm-hmm. and be able to present it to their students to make everybody better. It's, this is, you know, this is not for us to be these supermen of Aikido. This is, this is our way of giving back to the community. And this is our way of, of being able to help people and help people grow and help and help people develop Aikido to a point where they feel comfortable and feel confident with their ability to be able to protect themselves and their loved ones. And I think this is going to be a huge platform for a lot of people that want this. And Mm -hmm. it's, it, it benefits everybody. It helps preserve Aikido's life because if this doesn't get done and and people don't start changing sooner or later, this is going to start dying. It might not die Mm -hmm. for 20 years. It might Mm -hmm. not be completely dead for 20 years. But I don't ever want to see this go away. I want to see this, like, make a major comeback. You know, kind of like um, Robert Downey Jr. Look at the way how that guy was all doped up on drugs and he was going to prison. And look how he turned around his career. And he's one of the biggest A-list movie stars in the world. Yeah. Let's make Aikido an A-list martial art again. Amen to and, that. You know, and, and I love the quote that you just that you just mentioned about find the people that want to train the way that you want to train. And that's what this yeah. alliance is, is we are the, those people. If this is the type of Aikido you want to do, come find us. We'll we'll bend over backwards to help you and get your Absolutely. group up and going and work very closely in supporting you in any way that we can to bring make you part of that group and to to be studying yeah, this together. And the great thing is, you know, there's people out. I mean, look at the video they did with Corky Quakebush, that whole series. You were there, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, Corky and I met previously. And, you know, I, I have a, a lot of respect for Corky. I think, he's a, I think he's a great guy. His Aikido is just different from mine. It doesn't mean that it's right. It doesn't mean that it's wrong. It's just different. Mm-hmm. And, he, you know, he might not want to be a part of something like this because he has his own path that he's going down on. And, sure. you know, and I get that. But there's mm-hmm. people out there that I think that want this style of Aikido. And the great thing is about it is you build tremendous friendships with people when you have a mm-hmm. like-minded group. And, Absolutely. You know, we, we can come out and we can do seminars for people. It's where you get personalized training, one-on-one training. I'm very personal with seminars. Mm-hmm. I'm not that guy that shows a technique and then go picks my nose in the corner. I'm yeah. in everybody's face. Mm-hmm. You do something wrong, I don't wait for you to do it wrong 15 times. I see mm-hmm. it done wrong once, and I'm over there interrupting, and I'm correcting because – you know, I don't want you good six months from now. I want you good two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I want you to be good now because this is a process and it's, and it's a work in progress and it takes a long time. And if I can cut that down to half or you can cut that down or, or Francisco can cut that down, you mm-hmm. know, that learning curve and that, and that 
timeline that it's going to take you to be good. If we can cut that down in half, we're succeeding. We're totally succeeding. And it's going to make Aikido stronger. You know, we don't have to be UFC fighters. You don't have to be sport fighters or MMA fighters. Because quite frankly, this is this is about what happens in the real world, not within the octagon. You're yeah, not getting a true. paycheck. You know, it's not about being a professional badass. It's about being able to protect yourself, your loved ones, and be able to pass on this knowledge to other people that, that are like-minded that want the same things. And mm-hmm. that's, that's essentially why I'm doing it. That's why I, I enjoy doing this. And I, I think it would be very beneficial for a lot of people. And it, you don't have to be an instructor to be a part of the Shinjitsu Aikido Alliance. Absolutely. You don't need to be an instructor. It can be anybody. You can be just some, some average third cue that's training under Yamada Sensei's group and you want some some better knowledge and, and mm-hmm. or some different knowledge that some new ideas to make your Aikido better, some better ideas. Mm-hmm. Some different ideas or innovative ideas. You know, we're not we're not stressing traditional, we're stressing real world application. We're stressing mm-hmm faster ways on how to learn how to do things more efficiently, more effectively. That's what we're stressing. And there's going to be a lot of things that are, I think they're going to be outside the realm of what people think Aikido is mm-hmm. or what Aikido, you know, or what Aikido can produce or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we're not looking at this from just like a, uh, a glorified Aikikai standpoint. We're True. not looking at this. This is mm-hmm. a completely different training methodology that, Hopefully, we'll brighten up the room and put a mm-hmm. smile on people's faces and make them feel more confident and have more self-esteem and and less insecurities about their ability to be able to do things. And I'm not saying that people are really insecure, but, you know, that's kind of how you got to look at things, though, because the, in, the insecurity factor is, can you actually use this in the real world? And if you don't think so, you need to start making some changes. Well, and the one big thing that of all the differences that that you, Lenny, and, and uh, Lenny, you and I and Francisco have, the one thing we do have in common is we all love Aikido. I mean, we love it to death. Oh, absolutely. And so it's it's our passion to see Aikido flourish and not not struggle and be you know have the reputation that it does. So, um, you know, I guess we'll, that. yeah, it it, bo- it bothers I, me too. I it, I, it bothers me beyond belief when people shit talk Aikido because. If you can't do what I can do, then what gives you the right to shit talk it? Mm-hmm. Just because just because you formed an opinion that it doesn't work because some UFC guy isn't doing it, or Joe Rogan says this is garbage, doesn't work. But it's funny, Joe Rogan just made a video like a month and a half ago talking about how legit Steven Seagal was or how legit Steven Seagal is. Mm. It's a new video that he put out, so you might have to search for Steven Seagal, Aikido, legit Joe Rogan, whatever. I don't know what the exact title is. Okay. He literally sits there and completely endorses Steven Seagal's Aikido, saying, this is legit. What He is a legitimate Aikido master. Mm. Far cry from what he was saying a couple years ago, isn't it? That's a whole different tune, yeah. That's a whole different tune of what he was saying a couple years ago. You know, now, there are a couple things that he does state on how well would this work in the real world. He does, I don't think he'd want to test Steven Seagal, but, mm-hmm. you know, I don't think anybody would want to test Steven Seagal when he was in his mid to late 30s. Seagal was a, he was a freaking tornado. Mm-hmm. He would, you know, dude, six foot four, you know, he's lean, he's skinny, he's powerful. The man is legit. Fast hands. Today, yeah, very fast hands, very large hands. Today, he's, you know, he's, he's, he's aged a little bit. He's not what he was. 30 years ago, but he still knows it. That's the mm-hmm. thing. 
Mm-hmm. You got to take that kind of, you know, with some patience and understand that, you know, you look at Steve Stroll and it's fine. Why would you want to mess with the guy? Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody's going to get old, whether we like it or not. We're getting older by the second. As somebody approaches you know, 70 years old, you can't really criticize them for not being a, a superior athlete. I mean, there are very few yeah. people that can, at that age, still perform at a high physical level. Exactly. It's age is going to take its toll and, you know, health issues and whatnot or whatever. And, you know, some people just let themselves go and kind of like how he did. But uh, yeah. Speaking of letting go, I'm going to thank you for this podcast. This has been a great interview, Lenny. Um, we'll just right, wrap cool. it up here. And uh, all right, we'll talk to you soon and hope everybody enjoyed this podcast. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this interview as much as I did. What are other topics you're interested in hearing covered in this podcast? Please share your ideas in the comments if you're watching this on YouTube, or go to the Facebook group Aikido the Marshall side and post a comment. You can support this podcast by donating either through a monthly sponsorship or through a single donation of any amount you like. I always enjoy hearing from listeners of the show, whether through comments or questions. Thank you all for sharing your interest. Enjoy your training.